So our second game in focus tonight mm-hmm. was in Melbourne versus Hawthorne. And they've had an interesting history, these two clubs. And, well, way back in 1987, they uh, had a classic uh, prelim final where Hawthorne and Gary Bacanara and Jim Steins were all involved and mm-hmm. got over the line. But it was in 1996 that they nearly merged as a football clubs, which was quite extraordinary. Wasn't there some big names and big personalities around at that time? <laughs> Imagine this. And a local legend, Don Scott, um, mm. I think he's not around. and He's gone up to Queensland. But he's um, he, he was he was leading you know, the charge. Leading the charge for the no merger, as was a lot of most, as was most people. Um, but it could, couldn't believe it. In the last round of 1996, before the decision was made, Melbourne and Hawthorne were set to play each other. Mm. And this is where we pick up the story. And we script it better. Correct. And we pick up the story and right now we've got on the phone uh, the coach of the Melbourne Football Club at the time and that's Neil Balm. G'day, Balmy. <laughs> G'day, guys. All I can still remember, Nita tripping over the grass in the last minute or so of the game and I, he was going to mark a turnaround and kick the winning goal, but he didn't. Oh, he didn't. Uh, so we got <laughs> by a point, oh. my recollection. But he tripped over the grass. Tell well, us. No, there was a that yeah they sort of repaired it and he and he, he was it was a it was just going to happen but he uh, got bogged or something and didn't take a mark. Oh, but just... he's a beautiful player, David. Of course, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was... loved him, mm. loved him. Now um, I was telling you off air that I am a Melbourne tragic and uh, you know it's obviously pretty rosy at the moment, but back then it sort of wasn't. Uh, tell us what was it like in the lead up? I mean, the year itself was extraordinary and. Obviously, AFL were trying to juggle teams and finances and trying to merge teams together, and this was Melbourne Hawthorne, and completely amazing that they played off in the last round. But what was the sort of the, that that night like? Oh well, the, that night itself was probably pretty good because it was it, there was a bit of a point to it. Yeah. Um, but the whole year was very challenging. I mean, it's it is very hard because what what you do in footy is that you try and get your players to think about playing the game and put all of their energy and effort and knowledge and everything into the game. <laughs> Whereas we, you know we at both Hawthorne and Melbourne were dealing with this: Are we going to merge? What's going to happen next year? Who's going to be here? Are we going to be here or whatever? And sadly, what what Melbourne did they did a kind of a strategic planning thing with. They came up with the obvious answer that if they had a lot more good players and a lot more members and a lot more money, it'd be easier to run the club. Well, I mean, that's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then, um, clearly, for some reason, Hawthorne were thinking a little bit the same until uh, Scotty, uh, not not famous for his logic, uh, more famous for <laughs> his kind of toughness and all that sort of you know, good mates with Scotty, but... I mean, he said, well, he was really saying, well, this is this makes no sense whatsoever. And unfortunately, from our point of view, when we were in the management of the football department of the players, I mean, our board had decided to do something. So we couldn't stand up and say anything. Now, personally, all of us probably thought, this is, this is not a very good idea at all because it means that most of us are going to lose our jobs anyway. So it was, a, it was a, an enormous challenge. And in its own funny way, particularly now, given how successful Hawthorne have been over the period 
and how the fact that Melbourne are now, you know, as good as they've ever been, um, it's probably lucky in a way is that, that, it, that it's kind of didn't happen. But um, it's funny you mentioned, I was just listening to your news before and Adam is doing something at Melbourne this weekend. Is that he, he was playing that day. Yes. Uh, Clarko was playing for us as well. So there's some 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 big names were, uh, were involved in the game. But uh, it was pretty pretty tough for all of us. But again, we, we lost by a point and, and Hawthorne got up. But uh, a fair while ago. Well, that it was here, right? That year for you uh, would have been extra difficult. Did you have much say in, in, in sort of looking forward or were you just told, no, um, your job, you just coach and, and look after oh, the boys? Yeah, we, we had nothing to do with going forward. We had no idea what was going to happen. I mean, every second day someone would say, who's going to be the coach? You were judging and it was whoever wins this game is going to be the coach, <laughs> uh, which is not, you know, obviously that they haven't got to that point or whatever, but it was it was very difficult to to maintain the, the simplicity of a team preparing to play as well as they can for this year and also thinking about what's going to happen next year, etc. when when there's all that doubt uh, out there. So um, it, it was quite challenging, yes. And then we, we had to just remain as um, focused and calm as we could and just play as well as we could with what we had. But uh, it wasn't that easy, honestly. No, it was, it was a very fiery start. I remember I remember that, and Jeff Farmer came off in off the square and tried to whack, I think it was Shane Crawford in the centre, and, um, you know, it was a very fiery game, as it should have been, because of what was at stake. But what was um, what was your last message? Can you remember that? No, no, it's too long ago. But it would have just been do your best, you know. This yeah. is a challenging game, and, and do your best, and invest in it and I, probably, I wouldn't have actually said to Jeff by the way run out there and punch Crawford in the back of the head <laughs> probably a good idea though just, just <laughs> don't tell anyone I said that no. <laughs> I, would have, I would have thought it would have been Clarkson doing the doing that but anyway um, that's um, that year very tough is that probably the toughest year you've had in football given you've been you've filled many roles and been at many clubs is that one of the toughest years you've had Oh, it was very challenging because um, not all the energy goes in the right direction. You know, you, you, as, you, as we said at the start, well, what are we doing? We're there for the betterment of the club for this year and for the future. And all of a sudden, there was so so much doubt around it. And there were so many people who were thinking that we're no good the way we are and we need to change. It's very hard to to retain your calm when all that's happening. So it was, it was probably the most difficult view about it footy in a funny way. But fortunately, the players were very committed. I always got on pretty well with them and they were doing as well as they could. So um, it wasn't terrible from that point of view, but it was it was very challenging. We had a, you know, we had a few injuries as well, as you always do, but um, it, was, it was worse the next year, as it turned mm. out, but <laughs> that's all right. Well, that's what I was going to get on to. Uh, Joseph Goodnick, uh, you know, saviour, in inverted commas, of the footy club, um, you know, made, was made president after it all. Um, you obviously... I've you, heard um, the Sacked podcast. Um, if you haven't heard it, make sure you get that. <laughs> you didn't really have a good relationship yeah. with him, did you? Oh, look, he had no idea what footy was was all about, sadly. Um, but he had all the power and he supposedly had all the money. But uh, I did have a meeting with him at one stage and I told him I wouldn't tell him where to find diamonds and gold if he didn't tell me where to play half forward flank. But I don't reckon he was taking any, any taking any notice of me. But, but that's, fair. that's all just part of the journey, I guess. And I've, I've been so lucky to have uh, a wonderful uh, life in footy and they're all just that's all just part of the experience and part of uh, what you learn from it but I mean 
things like Joe Goodman coming in and taking over a footy club, it was it was a soft option by the club. They shouldn't have let it happen, really. It, it, it was just because he promised to spend a heap of dough, I think, but uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't good for the club at all at any point. And you've you've said uh, you've obviously you've done a, a lifetime of footy. What do you think sort of Barmy would be? If you weren't involved in footy, because you, you ha- you've been in nearly every role, you've been at clubs. What would life be without footy for you? Well, I was lucky in a way. When I played, we had normal jobs, so we were all part of the community as well. And I was very lucky that uh, I worked for um, a really good company, part of the Amcor Group called Renown and Pearl. In those days, we actually made um, polyethylene bags, plastic bags, and I worked for them while I was playing. And then when I went to Adelaide, the coach. Um, they allowed me to go over there when I started a business over there as well. And we finished up, you know, we had a significant business in the packaging industry and, you know, sold a lot of stuff, made a fever to dough and had, you know, 60 odd people working for us. And uh, another guy, Peter Marshall and myself, ran the whole thing. But I was also totally involved in footy. And I mean, it was, we were kind of lucky in a way because my commitment to football was virtually. Complete like it would be now, but I also had a real job as well, so it, was, it sort of helped me a bit. So, if I hadn't have gone on in footy, I would have just, you know, probably stayed in business and done all those sorts of things. I was I kind of wasn't too bad at that either. So, but I was lucky at the end that, um, well, Melbourne was the first job I had that was full time footy, it was the first time I was full time footy, and then. And I fell out of that in the end, but fortunately was able to get a job with uh, with Collingwood and then Geelong and then Collingwood again and now with uh, Richmond. So I've been I've been very lucky, but I did learn about uh, management of people and how business works and had a commercial understanding of the world through my normal job apart from footy. So it was probably a lot easier for us in those days than it is for kids today. Because today yeah. when you play footy, you're full time footy and you're not doing much else. You you may be doing a uni course, you may be doing some other stuff. But it's, uh, we do expect a total commitment to footy. So, again, I was, it was probably easier for me than for those kids. I was going to say, with the balance these days, do you, are, we, are we getting that right? Or is there just no choice because of the way f- football is now? Yeah, I think, I think it's, pretty, it's pretty difficult to do both. But I, I, think we, I do think we do work very hard with uh, the well-being of our players and the other stuff they do. But I think we could possibly do it better. And it's really interesting, particularly when you're related to the, the girls' program, the women's program. They're, in one way, the girls are saying, we want to be full-time like the men are so that we can be as good as they can be, and which, which kind of makes sense in its logic. But my own feeling is that they're almost better off being the way we were in my day, so that they've got an opportunity to do things outside of footy. They're still totally committed to footy. They still will, will be as good at footy as they need to be, uh, but they'll have a chance to do other things as well. And I, I think until the girls' game pays for itself, it's probably not a bad way of doing it. But I'm, again, it's only an opinion of mine. I'm not... No, I'm not totally committed to it, but but, but it is. It, it, it is quite challenging. If you're solely footy, um, you finish playing. Nowadays, they're playing until they're 30, 35, which is a good thing. But after that, what the hell do they do? How, how do they really get themselves engaged unless, it, unless they stay in footy, which is hard yeah. for everyone to get a job in footy, obviously. And with, with uh, I mean, we would have thought people would be asking you for your uh, input, given all you know about footy, but the uh, CEO role... Would you have uh, some sort of input into who you might or how you might want to see the game go and who you might want to see in there? All right, the AFL? Yeah. 
I reckon they take any notice of me because a lot of the decisions they make are not ones that I think are great. <laughs> and I think the way, even the way we've sort of encouraged the umpires to influence the game, I'm thinking, what the hell are we doing that for? Yeah. I mean, my view is the game is for the players to determine what happens, whereas we're doing things like, you know, the stand, the mark stuff and all that is yep. to try and have an influence over how the game goes. Well, I, I personally don't like that. I don't think... I think the umpires do a terrific job in just helping the game work. I don't think, but I think they've got too much influence now. I mean, if someone moves one step, the, the bloke with the footy gets 50 metres and gets a goal for nothing. I don't think that's the way the game should be run, but that's only, it's only my opinion. So I don't know what they'll do with CEO. It's a very serious job, but I, I certainly know that someone like Brett McGayer would be outstanding at it because he's a very good footy guy. I also hope he doesn't go. I have said to him, I said, the only important decisions are made at clubs, not at the AFL, but that's me being selfish <laughs> saying that because I don't, I don't want him to go. He's a very good CEO. But if he does, he does, and we'll find someone else, and he'll do a great job at it. But I'm really not absolutely sure what they'll do. Again, I haven't, I haven't bought into it at all. I'm, uh, I'm too old now to have to worry about that. That's someone else's problem. And uh, speaking of um, champions of the Richmond Football Club, Dustin Martin, um, he's returned to training this week. Um, um, that must be good news. And uh, you obviously worked closely with him. Um, uh, what would you know? Would you expect him back this week, or would you? Would you oh, another we're, couple we're, of weeks? We just, no, we're just really pleased to see him back, and he's very terrific. He's in the right place. He's uh, got himself organised, but he's had five weeks off, so. You know, we got to fly to Perth tomorrow to play, so you wouldn't put that kind of pressure on him. And, and one way you think if he wants to play, let's just play him. But I think you put too much pressure on him to do that. He's likely to hurt himself. But I'd be surprised if he weren't close to the game next week. But again, we'll, we'll let it work itself out. We're not um, we're not putting any pressure on him from that point of view. But he's uh, it's lovely to have him back. It's lovely to see him. It's lovely to have a chat to him. I think you can see from like your day playing and coaching to these days, we're getting that part right when players aren't sort of quite right or've got something on their minds you're giving them that space and uh, and to do it with such a high profile player I think dim has been really good in the media as well about it oh yeah no and it's a challenge because we wanted to play every week obviously yeah. but um, no I'm really proud of the way the clubs have uh, looked after their people said well okay the person comes first let's look after them first particularly with all those crazy times that are going on and particularly with the the difficulty around what poor old Dusty's had to put up with. So I'm very proud of the fact that we've just led back, looked at him, put our arm around him, said, whatever you need to do, we'll help you with and we'll support you. Um, and that's that's what we've done. So I, I think he's uh, we'll, we'll get repaid for that, I would think, because I think he realises what we've done. I heard on 3W this morning, Neil, um, and, uh, you know, probably not true, but the rumour fall uh, was that uh, Dustin Martin actually asked to retire. <laughs> Is that true at all? Uh, well, I've never, I haven't listened to 3AW for 30 years, I reckon, and that's probably why, because uh, it is, um, I'm nearly going to swear, a bull yep. at HIT. I would say, Fair enough. But, I mean, I don't want to no. make any comment on what 3AW say about anything. No, <laughs> very cool. Barmy, are we over-mediated? Like, is, it, is there too much media now that, that we just keep, well, they keep looking for things and we build things up to pull them down and... Especially players. Oh, no, I don't think so. I, I, no, I think I think uh, the game demands it and deserves it. So I don't think so. But I think sometimes people are um, less than honest in the way that they go. How they just want to promote themselves or whatever. Sometimes that gets a bit annoying. But mo- mostly it's pretty good. Mostly it helps. It helps the game. I think. And I think. I think most of the players and the and the administrators are 
happy with the fact that the media cares about the game and they want to give it the uh, uh, the input that, that they do. So I, don't, I wouldn't complain about it, no. Every, every now and again there's, a, there's some stuff that happens that you don't like much, but it's pretty rare, I think. And and can you just tell me, I mean, you don't have to go too far in it, but what does like a Wednesday or a Thursday look for you? What what is your role throughout the day and, and what do you get up to through the day at the footy club? Oh, I'm, I'm involved with nearly all of the footy stuff, so I know, so I can do things like uh, you know, representatives for the media, etc. And I'm there more for advice now than anything else. I'm, I've changed my role from general manager of footy, which is very challenging to... I'm now senior club advisor, which means I'm there for advice. All care, no responsibility in some ways, but it's much uh, less challenging in terms of some of the uh, outcomes that I've got to get to. So, you know, Tim Livingston and Blue Hartley and those guys actually look after that, but uh, there's not much happens that I don't know about because we discuss it all. But um, So I'm just there to, uh, to give my uh, opinion on things and, you know, do a bit of media stuff and Oh, but there's always plenty to do, I must say, but uh, it's not, not quite as challenging as it was in the old days. And your health, you're uh, all well? Oh, pretty well, yeah. I, would you believe I'm 95, 96 kilos? I haven't been that since 1978. I don't mm-hmm. know how it happened, but I have. So I'm feeling fantastic. I'm ready to play. But uh, I to say, no, yeah, Tigers might well. need you this <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting a bit older, but I feel fine. I feel really well. I'm still... Um, uh, and still loving footy. I've been uh, very lucky to be involved in footy for so long. Yeah, but I, I, we've loved your involvement, mate. Um, it's great. As, as I mentioned, um, massive D's fan. So um, you were my first coach uh, when I was growing up. So it was, it was an absolute thrill to uh, chat to you tonight, mate. So thank you so much. Well, I'm glad I'm glad, we're, glad we've been able to have an influence. Even at Melbourne, we weren't uh, as successful as we would have liked to have been. I, I loved it. Um, really committed to it. You've you just... 24-7 committed to your job and those yep. sorts of things. So, and it's nice to see people like um, Adam Uze doing something this mm-hmm. weekend and Clarko having done what he's done and the great Jimmy Steinses yeah. and the, you know, Gary Lyons and the Toddy Mineys, etc., 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 etc. So uh, it's <coughs> lovely to be involved with them all. And, uh, um, and I, you know, I can only thank Melbourne for giving me the opportunity to, to coach at the level, as disappointing as it was in the end. But... Uh, um, it's been good fun. Oh, fantastic. Oh, awesome. well, appreciate it, Neil. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Neil. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Right, thank you. Appreciate it. There we go. Neil Baum, uh, two-time Richmond Premiership player, uh, like, coach of the Ds. And... I like his job at the moment. Yeah. I would love to just know everything, have a little win up. Yeah, yeah. Get over advice for Baum. Oh, I mean, he's yeah. done everything. Oh, and he would have wisest yeah. man at the footy club, yeah. I he would be. And uh, absolute joy to available, I mean, any club would have him correct. in that role. So. And correct. And he's done it all. And he's been successful, follows him.